Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Everybody. Welcome to Did You Get My Text? I'm Meredith Salinger. I'm Patton Oswalt. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. We are your hosts. We are your guides. We are your docents uh, for a recap of uh, our week in the world and personally. Um, do you want to go first? Because I have something to okay, talk about. Okay, stop. What? Don't do the do you want to go first. Because I like if the I do say you no. want to go first. Because if you say no, then that's part of it. I like that. Okay. Do you want to go first? Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so basically, this I have been kind of run down and sick this week. And it's because, and I was thinking about this, this past weekend, I went on tour, uh, went to uh, Brooklyn, went to Philly, came back home. And I but toured you- like I was in... Um, well, you're not done. You went to Brooklyn, you went no. to Philly, you flew back home, you had a show that night. Well, that's, yeah, that, that, what I'm saying is I toured like I was still in my early 30s. Friday morning, up at 4 a.m., fly to New York, do the Brooklyn show, up at 7 a.m. the next morning, go to Philly, do the Philly show, up early, I think, again, 7 a.m. Sunday, fly home, do the Largo that night, up early the next day, Monday, shoot all day at Universal, and... It, again, in my 30s, could have easily handled all that and then done the rest of my week. And, could and it, you have? Oh, absolutely. That's if you look at my old calendars, it's clearly I was just just going at flying wipes me bad out, bad out of hell. Yeah. Well, used to not wipe me out, and it felt like on Monday night, my body, all my organs and insides got together and said, "We need to remind this motherfucker that he's 52." He's acting like he's in his 30s, and he can't be doing this. Well, and honey, to be it fair. totally shut me down. 52-year-olds can still handle that kind of stuff. Mm, no, uh, I mean, no, yeah, yeah, that they're... much travel, an hour and a half talking each night. I think. Plus another show, plus acting all day. Like, I don't know. That was, no. Okay. Not the, not on the, not at the. The emotional toll that it takes to have to muster the energy to be charming and amazing on a show. Just all that. All that. And then also now, because when you travel, there are still, people are being safe because of COVID. But a lot of times at uh, hotels, they, we just don't have room service, sorry. And then you'll. Then you're starving. And then you're starving. And I, so Friday night, I had to cobble together a dinner, an honor bar dinner. It was the only (laughs) food available. I only had a. I didn't have enough time before my show for it to get delivered to me before I had to leave for the show. So oh, my dinner, uh, this is what my um, this is what my show was fueled by. My Friday show after being on a plane since four a.m. 
can of Pringles, Honor Bar oh, can of Pringles. Were they the sour cream and onion ones? Plain Pringles. Okay. And in, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, that's a vegetable. Wait, was and it a the starch. little tiny third? Little tiny third of a one. Not a, third a whole of one. No. Because I could do a whole one. Uh, who can't? It's like a tennis ball container. It's thing. the best. So I had that. Had a little thing of beef jerky. It was also a thing of beef jerky. That's, that's protein. the protein. Then I had bourbon pecans, salted and glazed bourbon pecans, which I also treated as a little bit of protein, protein and a little bit of booze, I guess. <laughs> um, and then a thing, a little bag of caramel popcorn. It was all that was there. Oh. And um, that had to fuel my set. So and it was pretty brutal. And then the next day when I got to Philadelphia, our friend Phil Rosenthal is in town shooting his show, so he invited me Wait, out. Wait, explain who he is. He has a show called Somebody Feed Phil. Phil, Ro- Phil Rosenthal uh, created Everybody Loves Raymond. He oh, has yeah. a show on uh, Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. And he He's- gets to go to all these delicious places and eat incredible food, and he asked you to join him in Philadelphia, and what'd you have? Well, we went to a place called Laser Wolf, Damn. which is an Israeli uh, place, and just had a crazy... Israeli feast of apricot glazed uh, <gasps> chicken wings Yum. and lamb and beef meatballs and uh, hummus and with with all kinds of different toppings and these roasted beets. I'm not the biggest beets fan, but this guy made beets. They were so friggin' tasty. Plus some of the best French fries I've ever had and a whole grilled branzino that just ate the whole branzino ate the whole branzino but so that then that's the opposite now i'm i'm overfueled with amazing food for that show that night and didn't then, you so, didn't you pass out on the floor or something well i just was so dizzy i i mean i laid down i didn't pass out but i laid down and said i'm going into a meat coma is there can i just put the microphone next to me on the ground and just speak into it it, it was so what, it, what if you zen. had done part of your set just laying on the ground? I did do part of my set laying on the ground. <laughs> I did. I totally, I did the uh, the Eugene Levy doing the uh, Perry Como still alive sketch when he's literally lying on the stage floor with a microphone next to him going, kiss, good day, goodbye. Like and it was that calm. And, yes, exactly. So, um, wish me luck the same <laughs> to you. But, but I won't forget. <laughs> Sorry, I'll okay. Be back. I'll be back I'm, in like 20 minutes. Sorry, um, I'm not a singer. I'm not a singer. So Clearly. I, uh, yeah, it just, it was this, um, I was so excited to be back out on the road. So I was so fueled up by the audiences and the reaction that I reverted back to, oh yeah, I'm in my 30s again. I can do all this. I'm in that weird zone. And I think a lot of 50-year-olds go through this. When you're still in your early 50s, there is still that the last few scraps of delusion that connect you with your 20s and 30s. And my friends who are in their mid to late 50s have actually accepted and become calm and zen about the fact that they are, oh, actually I'm getting older, I can't live at that pace anymore. Well, the weekend that you were away doing all those shows, I was having a big chill college reunion with my <laughs> college friends. Yeah. So it was like the the top 16. Um, it was like the best friends, it was the best like eight girlfriends and the best eight boyfriends. When I say the best, I just mean like the ones we were close to. For you, yeah. And um, it was so fun. And it felt like I was back in college again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us were staying in the same house. My friend Jen invited all the girls to sleep in her house. And it, we were wake up in the morning and have breakfast. And it was just like college. And it was a beautiful fall day. And I saw the beautiful change of colors on the East Coast. I mm-hmm. flew into Boston, drove with my roommate, Joelle, 
to my other roommate's house in Vermont. We went to the Dartmouth-Yale game. Had so much fun rooting against Yale. <laughs> um, and we tailgated. It was like we were back in college again, and it felt so good. And I was like, can't we just do summer school? Can we do college summer school and all of us just go back and stay for a month? You want to do like the Will Ferrell movie, Old School, where you just kind of go, well, for like a week I get to be in my 20s. No. I Although wanna... in that movie, they just permanently decide to stay in their 20s. No, I don't want to stay in my 20s. I want to go back as who we are right this second. Oh. But all of us stay in the dorm in our, you know, we had a, we lived in a we lived in a place called Elliot House. Mm-hmm. There, it's like a dorm, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, as our age right now, go back and just do it like we did in college. Go to really interesting courses. Go to interesting lectures. Go to football games. We don't need to be with the young people. I'm not saying we need to be there with like 18-year-olds. I'm just saying like, can we have a month? back in college as the people we are now. I, I think you'll have to do that in your mind. I know. I don't know what to tell you. They all wanted well, to do it too. You had a big show reunion with your college friends. I had a big show reunion with my 20s with, with stand-up comedy. Yeah. But, the, but, but, I, but my body ended up rejecting it. I said, no, no, you need to embrace being in your 50s. And my body was invigorated by it and like, you should go back to college. You need to go back. (laughs) You need to live on the East Coast again and be with your smart friends. Not that I don't have smart friends here, but, you know, just like. I wonder how long you would last before your body rejected it or would your body reject it? No, it would say stay here forever. It would reinvigorate you? Yes, it would say be a professor here and stay. Stay with us, Eleanor. (laughs) Stay with us forever. You've always been a sophomore here, Mr. Torrance. I'm beginning to accept my uh, yeah, you're age old. 50 dotage. Whatever, we get yeah. it. I, on the other hand, got excited by being social again because I haven't left my house in two years, yeah. except for that one time I went to visit my friend who lives a mile away from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went on a trip to see her for three days. Um, she was in Sun Valley. Anyway, this was my second trip in two years. Wow. And now all I want to do is have plans with my friends again yeah but your trip was invigorating because you went somewhere and you stayed my trip was never really unpacked yours was work got in worked yeah repacked i, I was like a that's the difference honey. yeah i, I was I, I was like i was like a, a paid uh like a contract killer going from city to city like don't leave any trace move 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 don't totally unpack keep your clothes laid out you got to get up early the next day any second yeah it was there was it was just not and also I didn't have a chance to acclimate to my surroundings. I read okay. this really cool thing oh, where when you're in a new environment, your body to protect you will subconsciously make kind of keep you on alert for new noises and stuff. It's a survival instinct. That's why I always say that hotel sleep is like sleep without the nutrition in it. You, Yes, you lie down for eight hours. You don't really wake up that refreshed. Hmm. At least I don't. Because <laughs> I think everyone thinks trying to kill me. <laughs> I was going to say something, and I can't remember what it was. What? I spoke for 30 more seconds. How did you forget it that quickly? Because you were because bo- Sorry. Because you were boring. Because you are boring. <laughs> and then my mind started to wander, like, how long is this conversation? How long is he going to keep talking? And so I just sort of tuned out to what you were saying and completely forgot what I was going to. You guys, I'm really good at podcasting. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, so you I- should be delighted with your co-host's little side alleys and who knows where it'll go. Listen, if I had a stranger professional co-host then i probably would be but it's just you (laughs) and i and sometimes i'm like ugh. wow welcome to another episode of who's afraid of virginia wolf (laughs) watch a marriage slowly disintegrate we will be back after we tell you about our sponsors 
okay, I guess. I mean, who knows? Are we cutting to a commercial break right now or are we not? You we know? are. How do you know? You just said we'll be right back. I figured you wanted to throw to a commercial. Yeah, but who decides that? You just did. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Hey, guys, stay. One of us is going to tell you about our sponsors. Just stay. I mean, don't leave. Just stay. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Boy, was that exciting. So many great new products. <laughs> um, there's a thing, I think my, up to this point, it's been cut out of the podcast, but a lot of times when we uh, flub or uh, say something awkward or something that we don't want in the podcast, uh, Meredith will go, Kyle, cut that out. Kyle is our uh, producer, editor, and, editor producer. and producer. And it reminds me, there are uh, YouTube compilations you can watch uh, in every Tarantino film. His uh, beloved editor, his late editor, um, Susan, I blank on her last name. But whenever um, somebody would mess up a scene, they would look at the camera and go, hi, Susie, because mm. they knew that she had to then right, right. do the editing. So I just love that little link that that Kyle is always waiting for us to, to go. maybe we'll leave one of those in just so you'll know what it sounds like what Kyle has to hear yeah. but we do have this well, little uh system to our editor and and it's usually uh Meredith is one who jumps on it and catches the thing she's like Kyle no but get, get rid like, of that oh, no. that's so stupid Kyle cut that shit out <laughs> <laughs> cut that out Kyle but keep in mind think of the stupid shit we've left in here um <laughs> really the I mean I I, I I and Meredith have said some insanely dumb things on these episodes. Meredith and I. Meredith and I. Well, there you go, right there. Sorry, well, I'm just saying we're no, trying to teach our daughter what, proper what grammar. Yeah, but and, and we could have said, Kyle, cut that out. No, we left that in. No. So I, if, you, if you think of the dumb stuff we've already left in this, it's titanically stupid things that we've cut out of this. Yeah, but it's more just like flubs. Yeah, like like I said that... One is the loneliest number was written by um, Paul Williams when it was actually written by um, Harry Nielsen. Yeah, but the thing is, you kept that in, and then a, a listener had to exactly email to us and say, "Excuse me, that's actually excuse me." But actually, I was very happy the person did because yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I also don't... think you caught it after we sent it. After we yes, sent that after podcast, I, said that, I was in. like, "No," and I, and it just wasn't worth it. I was like, you know what? It was like leaving an Easter egg. It was leaving an error, an error egg. For the listeners to find. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Little error egg. We had um, friends over the other... We, we talked about this. We had a, two young friends. They're like in their 20s. We watched a movie with them. Oh. And they were a really cute couple. And they said something... They asked us like, how do you guys like doing a podcast together as a married couple? And I was like, oh, <laughs> we keep fighting. Like we literally... Well, well, we didn't. We haven't in a while. No. But... I was like, it makes us fight right before we start. Yeah, we get all wound up. Yeah, and then they were like, yeah, that's why we stopped doing it. Yeah, they were doing one together and, then and they just stopped. flat out. They're like, so, eh, this sucks. <laughs> so if you're listening right now, just we've really stuck with this through some weeks when we just, there have been a couple episodes, I won't say which ones, but right the beforehand. The third episode. Well, the third episode, there was a Titanic fight, but there were also 
episodes where unspoken beforehand, neither of us wanted to talk that day. It was, oh, we got it. And then and when we start talking, then it starts getting interesting and we, we end up discovering things, but it's the starting of stuff. Sometimes it is so hard. I'm writing a thing now and it's the first couple of pages that are so brutal. And then once you get going, then you're good. Well, I think that's with anything, like even exercise. If you haven't exercised in a long time and you have to yeah. start, it's like, oh God. I can't do this. And then they're like, just put on the exercise clothes. Maybe Keep it'll going. make you feel like it. Just <laughs> once I even had someone say to me, like, just say you're gonna exercise for five minutes. Just today, just exercise right. for and don't do one second more. Mm-hmm. Don't do one second more because it's like, well, clearly you can accomplish five minutes. Yes. And at that point you're like, I just accomplished five minutes and you feel really proud of yourself. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'll just do it for five more minutes because you're already there and you're already dressed and you might as well. And I think that's like the psychological trick mm. to get people to start things. It's like, listen, do not ru- just write three sentences. Don't write one more and sentence. And that's all you get to write. Do not write one more sentence. Yeah. You're only allowed to write three. Go write three and don't even try to write four. And then you're like itching to write the fourth. And then yeah. you kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's something um, I remember. It's a trick, man. Harlan Ellison saying in an interview, whenever you're writing a really exciting scene, people, a lot of writers go, and then you, when the, when the scene you really want to write, when you get to that, that's when you really go. It's like, no, stop what? and save it for the next day. Because no. then all night you'll be bubbling and yes, yes. And then when you hit it the next day, you'll no, hit no, it no, even no, harder no, 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 and you'll no. write it even better. No, if you're in that moment and you feel that burst of energy in that moment, you're like, oh, you're getting to the scene and you're excited. Write it. He, don't don't stop yourself. No. It's Harlan Ellison. He's the most awarded writer in history. Well, so. Meredith Salinger said. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just said. I've written some award-winning uh, emails, so. Oh, I can write an email. I, <laughs> I am so good. If something's wrong, if like mm-hmm. something, you know, if <laughs> if there's a complaint of some kind, if, yeah. if there's a, uh, oh God, Kyle, cut this part out. My brain just stopped. <sighs> And, but leave that part in. I want the. I want the. You want the viewers to see I, when I lose my why do brain we keep cells. Calling them the viewers. Oh, they're not viewers. They're listeners. Right. I we know. haven't gone to video yet. I'm aware. Yeah. Hey, listeners. When will we? Oh, but if we make the switch to doing this video, then we have to look good. Oh. I look like no. You you better be happy with our voices because we and I know that video gets you more viewers, but you don't want to see us when in the middle of the day on a weekday. Not I mean, good. I think people probably assume you look the same all the time. That is true. I, on I've, the other hand, am a friggin' wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I've at least established in the public eye that I look like um, uh, a pile of dirty laundry, where you, unfortunately, have established in the public eye that you are ravishing and gorgeous. And if they saw little you, do they know. Little do they know yep. the forest hag that inhabits. <laughs> <laughs> forest hag? No. You're is that better than Swamp Witch? You know, no, Swamp Witch I think is better than Forest Hag. We did we already tell everybody that we I don't think so. that we named like as a family like clearly Alice is our little dirt goblin. She's a dirt goblin, and we call her a dirt goblin sometimes yep. when she's being dirty and like a little kid who yep. gets dirt all over herself, which is the cutest thing in the world, by the way. Yep. Um, and then you took what did I take? Um, to- toilet hippo. <laughs> I took toilet something. No, and then we changed it to something imp. Oh, Toilet Imp. No, it wasn't Toilet Imp. I thought it was Toilet Imp. No, it was like, no, it wasn't. And then you're a Swamp Witch. And I don't like that. 
I don't want to be a swamp what witch. What do you want to be? Something adorable. Well, swamp witches can be adorable. No, they cannot. They've got cures and poultices no, and salves. I want to be like a, you know, a prairie pixie or something cute. <laughs> that's, no, that's not. That we are all different monsters. Forest a, fairy. No, that's well, not a horrible monster. We're I all know. horrible monsters. I know, but I don't want to be that. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, this, talking about energizing uh, one's self, uh, I believe it was on, um, yes, it was on Friday. Uh, Meredith had a particularly really hard, busy day. I mean, I, I'd never seen someone, it was nonstop from 7 a.m. on. Zoom meetings, conferences, emails, organi- you're organizing like four different projects right now. It's yeah. insane. And you hit this wall where you basically <laughs> um, told everyone, no, 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 this happened on... This happened on Monday. You you hit a wall. It was Monday that was crazy, and, and then I sent a text to you and Alice that said, "It said I am not. I am in my room. The door is closed. Do not bother." I said, Mo- "Mommy is not here anymore." I said, "I am done momming for I'm the done day, momming, like forever." And then an hour later, um, <laughs> no, and I said I was in a murderous rage, a murderous I, rage, yeah. And cause, then because the day went so crazy, and yeah. it was all these, you know. I need answers on these things and everyone just going, I'll let you know as soon as I can. You're no, like, no, no, no. And then, just, no, but then half the things that were planned, it was like someone was supposed to do one thing and their car broke down. So then I had to take that over. And then oh, yeah, like yeah, I had yeah. to do 97 jobs at home. That's right. In yes. addition to a lot of other jobs that were not supposed to be yes. on my plate that ended up on my plate. And I was just anyway so, in a murderous rage. But then I wrote, I said, no one bother me. I'm done momming. And I'm in a murderous rage. Right. And then a half hour later, I was like, okay, everyone, murderous rage over. But just FYI, I'm still off duty. Yeah. But then, like an hour later, I get an invite to a premiere. <laughs> oh, and, I know. Um, <laughs> and, and suddenly, Meredith, who is, I'm exhausted, I have no energy, is an even bigger tornado of energy and focus of i gotta get this dressed up i need this hair i mean well, it, wait, it wait, was wait. Like, you were like a general preparing an army for Listen, an invasion it I was had, amazing i had the most horrific migraine i was so yes, exhausted yes. so you had you had hit this like your eye was something was wrong with your eye yes, you had such a migraine my entire body was aching but then you said and we, telling you like your body literally like lie down right now right or i'll I, make you fall down well i felt like i was gonna fall down yeah um, so I was in bed and then you texted me, hey, we got invited to this premiere. And now here's the great news about what happened for me over <laughs> coronavirus. It was so stressful for me that I lost like, I don't know, 15 pounds, 15, 20 pounds, 20 something pounds, like that. Yeah. And it was horrific and stressful and terrible, but thank you, God, I was so chubby. <laughs> I needed to. And But the problem with losing that weight is that now literally none of my clothes fit me. Right. And so when you said we got invited to a premiere, I was like, I literally have nothing to wear. And right, everything's too big. Right, and if you take something to the tailor, it takes them like days yeah. or weeks, depending right. how busy they are. So I was going through my closet trying to find something that would look semi-okay mm-hmm. and everything had to be fixed and so i had to call my tailor to be like when can well you can't come in today i'm too busy today well and so i was you know losing my marbles because i had to find something because what am i gonna do show up on the red carpet you know in a robe are you because <laughs> that's really that my, would be pretty ballsy i if mean you did. are you gonna um are you gonna wear heels you're gonna wear sneakers well, one premiere I'm going to wear sneakers too because mm-hmm. it's a casual premiere and one is a fancy premiere and I will don 
the high heels that I have not worn in two years. <laughs> I haven't worn high heels in two years. I, I hope I don't fall over. There was a short video on SNL this past weekend called Grown Ass Ladies at the Club, and um, which I could not wait for Meredith to see because I knew it would speak to her. The scene where the woman in her really fancy, what are the red-soled shoes called? Christian Louboutin. Yeah, she's got her Louboutins on, and then five minutes after entering the club, she's jamming her feet into ice, ice buckets bucket. in the kitchen like please <laughs> give me your boots like that's if if you see pictures of meredith on a red carpet just know she is thinking of when can i get into the birkenstocks that i've hidden in my <laughs> purse so i can enjoy this well that's the mood. other yeah. thing it's hard to like your purses are so small yes. unless you're bringing a tote bag to right. a premiere which is really that's weird right. all the purses have gotten really they're teeny, so tiny the little clutches i think every premiere and or wedding and or prom should have a huge basket mm -hmm. of like flip-flops or ballet shoes or something like that yeah that everybody can just slippers right there should just at every event there should just be a basket of slippers for people like get your picture taken, be happy, look pretty cute. Everyone's like, oh, look how pretty you look. And then boom, change. What if it's set up like a bowling alley where you get to the end of the red carpet yes. and then you take your yes. things and there's a guy there. Yes. You hand him your heels. Oh my He's God. like, what size are you? It's like six. And he grabs you some comfy shoes and gives you a ticket and you go pick it up later. That is the most brilliant. I think if if we ever throw a party, we We're should do We're going to do that. We should hire a person to give up people comfy shoes after yeah. you get your pictures taken. Although I think a party that we would have would just have like, 10 people so and also we wouldn't hire for time like, no we're right. not doing that no no but to have saying. a basket of cozies oh that'd be so nice yeah everyone yeah. needs to be cozy so yeah that's again watching um there there is nothing that will it, it was like it was like watching popeye eat his spinach like she literally <laughs> lay down i was dying eye twitching head throbbing i can't and i'm like hey i just got this thing Vroomp. okay i need and, and she was like come out here look at this what is, what is this no shoulders too big i knew it damn it but it was just like completely re-energized it was and amazing then, and then we were all at dinner and then alice we were all imitating each other and then alice oh, was God. imitating me and she calls it like the stressed out power walk. Yeah. She's like, mom, you have a stomping <laughs> stressed out Man, power walk. When you stomp around the house, oh boy, I, I can tell when you're in task mode because <laughs> it sounds like a transformer going into battle. Well, no, boom, I am boom, not, boom, 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 boom. I'm not, I don't have a heavy footprint. I have a quick footprint. Yeah, but it, it thuds, it lands heavy. Not really. Well, but she also, Alice also nailed the thing where I there are some days <laughs> when you are so in task mode, you simply don't eat. And then you have this thing, and I forgot who coined this <laughs> like term. Like three in the afternoon. It was a Twitter person, and, and someone remind me, because I love this tweet so much about the diet he's on, where he's like, uh, <laughs> I'm quoting someone else, but he's like, um, sensible light breakfast, salad for lunch, and then dinner, 8,000 calorie chaos meal, <laughs> where you just grab everything in sight. So you don't eat all day, but then your dinner is some cheese puffs, some <laughs> you know, slices of turkey, no, no. some candy bar. Like, it's just nuts That's not true. Oh, of, sweetie. That is absolutely 100% not true. Really? No. I have, in the refrigerator, I have a little Tupperware cut up with <laughs> cucumbers and celery yeah. and carrots. Yeah. And chicken. Yeah. And so when I'm ravenous at three in the afternoon, I grab one piece of chicken, yeah. one carrot, one celery, one thing, with a little bit of hummus, and I'm like, okay, I just, yeah. there, done. I and, nourish and then myself. At 10 p.m., you have a bag of Smart Pop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then at 10 p.m., I eat popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> um, Patton, I sent you a text. Yes, I got it. I know the one you're talking about. It's a, 
a picture of um, Popeye and olive oil. Well, it's not, it's people. A couple. A couple dressed, dressed up. Dressed up like Popeye Because olive. Halloween is coming and we need to figure out a costume. And I would really, really, really love to do a couple's costume yeah. slash it'd be great if Alice would play with us. Well, that's, the, that's our new dilemma is that she used to be, uh, for a couple of years, not last year, obviously there was no Halloween, but... She would pick a costume, and we would be the adjuncts to the right. costume. Like for one year, she was the Joker. The I know that she was the Riddler, and we were her two goons. We were her goons. Right, that was fun. That was great. But, um, but I would like to do. Well, one of my best friends is doing. She's super skinny, mm-hmm. um, and she's playing Gilligan, <laughs> and her husband is going to be the skipper. So they have their cute nice. little cute little outfit. That would have been a good one. Mm-hmm. No, but not for us cuz you got to be like a skinny little scrawny person to be Gilligan. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah. and I could join them and we could be Mr. and Mrs. Howell. Or what would be even funnier is if I were Marianne and I was going to say you'd be the professor, but no, you'd be Ginger. But Ginger is also very lithe and Yeah, that's slim. why it would be funny. Uh, it's just it, baby it, it put feels on like a- such a clanky joke now like, oh he's not look at the fat guy that's not ginger okay like, you're uh, right that's stupid you could be the professor uh, but really i think we'd thrive as um you'd be a great skipper but you but you said the husband's already be already yeah but he'd skipper. be a better professor were there any famous guest stars on that show like like remember like love boat week, somebody would no but somebody would pop on and then oh that guy's gonna rescue us and then they would just never not, get rescued yeah 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 I don't remember if they were like famous guest stars like they used to have on Love Boat. Right. Well, no, there were people that became future celebrities that were guest stars. Like? Kurt Russell. Was on Gilligan's Gilligan's Island? As as Jungle Boy. Aww. Yeah, a very young Kurt Russell. He was a child actor. He's the cutest. Um, And then uh, Don Rickles was on an episode. And so was um, Phil Silvers. Who's that? Sergeant Bilko. Who's that? Kid, come on. We... You work with me here. That's, oh, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what, but okay, this is the costume I've been dying to play forever and ever, yeah, and I, I just need someone to help me make it, because I'm not good at anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't cook, although we, I did cook recently last week, but I, um, uh, and I can't sew, but my mom can. Anyway, I want to be Cinderella, but I don't want to be pretty Cinderella. I want to be, be dirty Cinderella. Like covered in ashes I want to be stuff. the Cinder Cinderella. Yeah, Cinder. And I want you to be Gus Gus, the little fat mouse. <sighs> so cute. But doesn't Gus Gus involve me wearing like a headpiece and I can't really... All you need is a hat and a, and a little yellow shirt and you could be pantsless like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Frightened people. <laughs> no, but what you- if I was literally nude but it just had, hey, that's how Gus Gus dresses. Come on, that's his thing. <laughs> I'm trying to be authentic. I'm trying to recreate the Disney magic. <laughs> Just coming up to people. Hey, happy Halloween. It's good that we can hug again. Ew. Um, well, wait a minute. Oh, you know what would be a great one for you and me? What? Uh, Mary Poppins and the Chimney Sweep. Bert, Dick Van Dyke. Hello, Mary Poppins. Because I really just want to be Mary Poppins or... Well, you know what else would be? We'd Dirty be, Cinderella, but I'll probably be Snow White because I do have that costume. You know what else would be amazing? What? Is Morticia and Gomez. But she has to be super tall. But no, she just has to just be super hot and gothic. Okay, fine. But I don't want to do that. All right. Um, anyway, what I would like is if you guys have a couple's costume, even yeah. if you do it with your kids, because that's always the best. You know who does that the best? Neil Patrick Harris. Every year, he does something. He am- does. And, and John Cryer. They do these amazing things, and they get the whole family, and it's yeah. incredible. But listeners, 
not viewers, listeners, if you guys have a couple's costume or a family <laughs> costume, please email them to us at Hey, did you get my text at gmail.com? We'll put one that we really love on our Instagram. Um, but I really want to see other couples' costumes because I, I love that. I think that Alice wants to do a thing with her friends. She's moving into that phase where she wants to do something with her friends. Maybe we can talk her into a family costume. I don't know. No, I hope so. She wants to do, uh, yeah, she wants to match them, not us. Yeah. Sucks. We're not cool anymore. <laughs> We're not cool anymore. Damn it. Um, Hey, did you get my text? <laughs> what do you think, what are you already anticipating and cringing about as to what will be, because every year for Halloween, there are those topical, ironic costumes based on something that happened this year. Well, that what has happened this do. year? Well, um, Oh, obviously people are going to come dressed as a coronavirus. That, well, yeah, this, and that was, yeah, actually, yeah, there'll be that. I feel like there's going to be a lot of Squid Game costumes because oh, of the, yeah. the track suits. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of Ted Lasso teams. There'll be a lot of Ted Lasso stuff. Do you think that there will be any White Lotus costumes? I can't. I don't think you can actually yeah, dress like hard White to Lotus. Pull that off. Even though that was the best show ever. What else happened in the news or like in culture that will be a thing? Because I always like you know I, I remember back in the in the late '90s it was you know that you go to a party and there'd be like a girl. Dressed like Monica Lewinsky in the blue dress with the stain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, guys, come on. You know, so there's always that, what will that thing be? Last year or a couple years ago was Tiger King, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Tiger King. Yeah, maybe someone will come as the state of Texas (laughs) and um, someone will. (laughs) Well, there was that, again, there's that really funny um, uh, Onion headline about bounty hunter roars into Dallas with a bandolier of pregnancy tests on him. So there may be like a fetal bounty hunter. That would be really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah Hilarious. God. Yeah. But like there's always going to be those costumes where you're like, just how, can't there be like just classic Halloween costumes where it's just monsters or. Right. Mm. And there will be. But your question yeah. was, what are the topical things that happened this year? That I'm cringing about that are going to be Halloween costumes. I don't even know. what I. Oh, there'll be um, some January 6th rioters. Oh, God. There'll be some of those. You know what? what? Sadly, they probably won't even be. In costume, yeah, they'll just they'll just be they'll just be <laughs> those people out in force. Yeah, you ever like see those costumes where the person doing it realizes that they didn't actually nail it visually, so they'll just put a thing on that says January Six Rioters. Well, like, do you remember that year that I dressed as a mechanic and I had I did put a sign on my shirt that said <laughs> mechanic because even though you totally look like a mechanic, it was I no did. confusion. I was wearing overalls with grease stains all yeah, over my face. I get it with like a wrench in my pocket. I was yeah. a mechanic. Oh, God. Now I'm just, I, I should have prepared for this topic, but what a good, you know what? Uh, next episode, I'm going to make a list. We're going to each make our own top 10 list of the top 10, what we think will be the cringy, uh, topical Halloween costumes that we're not looking forward to seeing. That'll be really cool. Yeah, I'm sure everyone will be waiting. <laughs> no sleep until that next episode No drops. sleep till whatever happened that we're going to make fun of. <laughs> All right. We will be right back with some speak pipes. Hi, Meredith and Patton. Uh, my name is Derek Key. Uh, I live out in uh, Georgia. Uh, Patton, huge fan. You're my favorite comedian and uh, been a huge fan of you for 
ages. And Meredith, I, I hate to say, I, I'm mostly getting to know you through the podcast, but I'm trying to go through and watch movies. Uh, the Natty Gan is on my list. But uh, I actually had a question specifically for you, Meredith. Um, in the most recent podcast episode, you mentioned uh, that you majored in psych, or that your thesis was on multiple personality disorder. Uh, I went for my undergrad uh, in research psychology, and I'm actually uh, seeking my MSW right now, uh, Master of Social Work. I'm trying to be a grief counselor for families, but that's a whole separate endeavor. Um, I'm really interested in uh, what is now known as dissociative identity disorder. What, like, what was your paper about? Like, did you just do like a write-up on the disorder itself, or did you look at specific cases? Were you like testing a theory? Really interested in that. And yes, you should absolutely watch United States of Terra. It's a fantastic show. What was your? Th you, you, but your thesis was on a very specific. At the time you wrote it, were you writing about multiple personality disorder no, my... or was it dissociative disorder? Because well, didn't it get renamed or something? Well, it was multiple personality disorder, but you s dissociate and then you have different alters. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a, there's a, a few things to say about it, but my thesis was basically about the origins and the cause uh, of trauma and mainly like sexual abuse. Um, oh. um, so it was a coping mechanism for, so for some sort of trauma and abuse was basically my thesis and in going into evidence of the majority of the people who get it have some sort of yeah starting oh, something yeah it's, well it's like that book when rabbit howls she um <gasps> basically the best made, book as she calls them her troops that are there to because what happens is you know when memories come up the the, the memory of trauma can feel like an attack so internally you create allies and troops that can help Exactly. Beat that back. Right. So that was basically the thesis was yeah. mainly to survive and cope with some sort of sexual abuse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what All my right. thesis was. Hi, Meredith and Patton. My name is Norma, and I live in Bellevue, Nebraska. My question is, how do you read a comic book? I feel like I missed this as a kid, and now I try to read a comic book, a graphic novel, and I'm just overwhelmed. Um, what do I do? Do I look at the captions first? Do I look at the pictures? Do I try to just focus on one frame at a time? Um, I don't know where to start or how to do it, but I really want to get into this medium. Um, thanks so much. I love the show and I've loved you both for years. Bye. Norma, that is the best question ever because I too didn't, wasn't a big comic book person when I was younger. I mean, I read Archie's and stuff like that, but Patton reads his all the time. And when he gave me the Sandman comic on our first date, <laughs> graphic novel. Um, the, I, the first one, Prelude to Doctor, the first collection. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> You're such a nerd. I love it. Um, I made him read it to me because I was having trouble following it. So honey, answer her question. That's a really great well, question. I'm, I'll, I have a couple things to say here. One, I'm confused because one of your favorite uh, graphic novels is a thing called Mouse Guard, I love which Mouse is Guard. very intricately uh, drawn, We talked out, about that and, in the last episode. But how you're able to, you can follow that, but you can't follow something like Sandman. Anyway, that's well, I its mean, own thing. Maybe because I just spent a lot of time looking at each page and mm -hmm. I went really slowly. I think I read it very slowly. 
A really good way, if you have an iPad or e-reader, there is a thing, um, there's an app called Comixology, because I download all my comics digitally now. I'm trying to go as paper-free as I possibly can. Uh, you can also get them on Kindle through Amazon. Get your comics. Um, and what you do is there's a feature called GV, Guided View. If you choose Guided View, it moves you from panel to panel the way your eyes would move across the page and it blows each panel up big. So you re, you know, you can choose whole page view and look at the whole page or you do guided view, which is really amazing. It moves you from panel to panel. Does and it, it just show you the, the thing you're supposed to look at with the words for it? Yes, just that. I want Boom. that, okay. I want that. Well, what I was, what I'm gonna do because. Or can they ever, do they ever like make it in just like a book? So you can just read it and then look at the pictures as you flip. The that's page. what I gave you. No, I know, but no, it's not. I gave you a graphic novel collection, and you, you just got to look at each thing as you turn the page. I know, but oh, forget it. <laughs> um, try Guided View on an e-reader. I, I discovered it last year, and, and I'm someone who reads and likes comics, and I like that even better because you really get a sense of how, you know, they, they lay out the pages the way they do. The but way do they have every single comic? Every single? Pretty much, yeah. Comicsology has... Pretty much every comic. So what do you do? You go to the thing and you just type in the thing you want to read? Type in the stuff you want to read. Oh, okay. And they have graphic novel collections and you also get new comics, new issues, all that stuff. But what if you get it as a book and you just want, okay. Give the, give the advice for if it's a book. What do you mean if it's a book? You know, the actual paper thing in your hand. Well, then you have to slow down and look <laughs> at each panel. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you have to open okay, each page fine. and look at each panel. Listen, Norma, the bottom line is it takes a lot of time. At to Norma, it does not. You're, you're looking at words and pictures. You've been doing it since you were five. Okay, well, I think it's hard. Hey, Meredith. Hey, Patton. It's Tim. Thought I'd ask you that question, the age-old debate. If you could have any superpower, which one would you want and why? Bonus question, what would your superhero name be? Looking forward to seeing you in Philadelphia, Patton. Have a good one. Tim, you have such a nice voice. Yeah. Uh, Tim, I hope you enjoyed the Philadelphia show. That one was really, really fun. Um, we got to get we got to get better at putting these up quicker. Um, my uh, my standard answer for a superpower I've, it's always been the same thing: no fault teleportation. If I think of a place, boom, I zap there. I don't oh. zap into a rock wall or the side of a steel bulkhead. If you say I'm, you want to go to safe. Paris, you're at a nice place in yes, Paris exactly. that you can walk around, and I don't teleport like. 3,000 feet in the air and then fall to the ground. Like I teleport someplace nice where I want to be in the best place, no fault teleportation. And I would call myself Mr. Blink. Oh my God. I freaking love that. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a possibility yeah, that, that we could do that. That's the power. Mr. Blink. I love that awesome. power because I was going to say I want to fly, but really I don't want to fly. I'd be afraid of heights. I don't want to yeah. fly. I just want to be where I want to be when I want to be there in the place I want to be at. So guess what? I'm Mrs. Blink. <laughs> I'm Pinky Blink. No, I'm Mr. Blink and she's Blinkette. Oh, that's cute. Let's be the Blinks. <laughs> the Blinks. <laughs> I love that. Great. Thank you. I want that power. Thanks, Tim. Can we actually somehow have that power? Right, if, if Come on, could, technology. Hello, Meredith and Patton. I would like to know who would win in a 100-yard dash race. A donkey? Or fire truck. Love you, Brian. Does is the donkey can just start running? You got to start the fire, or is the fire <gasps> wait, truck already running? Wait, guess what? What? That's the trick. What? Who would win in a running race? 
a fire truck or a donkey. Donkeys can run, but fire trucks can't run. Oh, that's true. They drive. It's a donkey. It's the donkey. We're on to you, Brian. Yeah, nice trick question. Yeah. Come back next week. You're moving too slow. Hello, Patton and Meredith. My name is Jacob, and I'm an actor in Chicago, and I just wanted Patton to know that he is the inspiration on my entire appreciation for stand-up comedy and the whole industry. Uh, Werewolves and Lollipops was my breakout thing that I chose, that I knew that I liked, and I would listen to it over and over and over and crack up to it. And um, I just found out that Patton might be a friend of a show that I'm on. I play Eric in season five of The Expanse, and when I found out that Patton Oswalt might like a TV show that I was on and might have seen me, it just gave me the special um, feely-wheelies. So if you, uh, if you like that show, if you enjoyed The Expanse, if you like season five, I'm thrilled, uh, Patton, and just wanted to let you know that you are my inspiration for all things funny. Um, if you didn't like it, well, thanks for watching. Bye. Jacob, I am so, I love The Expanse so frigging much. That show, it's The Wire, but in space. In terms of world building and where we are going to go, where how things will probably be in the future, um, it really uh, supports um, A.O. Wilson's, that great quote he has about our main problem is that we have um, primitive, we have um, prehistoric emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology, and and that is so what the expanse is about. No matter how much technology um, uh, advances, there we are still um, prey to our own petty human squabbles, and it is a fantastic show. And you are great on it. Season five is amazing. I don't want to talk. If anyone hasn't seen the show, I don't want to talk about all the new. Great twist, uh, and, and that also means that you have worked with a friend of ours, uh, Mr. Breck Eisner, who directs many of those episodes and directed one of the best episodes I've ever seen where there's a gunfight that happens in zero gravity, and some of the combatants have clearly had zero gravity training and know how to use it to their advantage, and the other people have not, and it is fascinating to watch this sequence, how he set it up, and it must have been mind cracking to film that and he nailed it wow that's cool what i liked about that was that you were his all comedy inspiration yes um and you wrote a book called werewolves and lollipops no i did an album called werewolves and lollipops oh yeah didn't you write a book i wrote two books silver screen fiend and the zombie spaceship wasteland right okay so the lollipop thing that was a special. Well, that was a uh, that was an album, and it was and that's my favorite of my albums because it it's taken from a single show in a single night at the Cap City Comedy Club in Austin, Texas, and it's raw and there's really real audience interaction, and it, it's the closest to seeing me at a show, what it feels like on not the best night, but a night where I pull things together into something that I'm really, really proud of. It feels like you're really experiencing stand-up comedy, and I'm just really glad that that set got captured. It's just the uncut full set. How old were you when you did that? It's my second album. I was probably maybe in my late 30s. Wow. I want to see that. 
or hear that? Was it on video too, or just album? I mean, I'm sure you can, you can download it on iTunes. It's there. No, but like, can you watch it? Or you no, can it was only never listen- filmed. It's just it, it was just the audio. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love um, comedy albums. Yeah, and and uh, Sub Pop put it out on vinyl, which was really really nice. Beautiful vinyl edition that they did that I was really happy with. Um, Jacob, I love that you found him inspiring. That's awesome. Hey, Meredith and Patton. It's Maddie out in Riverside. Been re-listening to the podcasts because they make me smile. And that helps right now because I lost my mom on the third. But she's not dealing with Alzheimer's anymore, so that's okay, period. I had two questions, though. One, Patton, can you please somewhere online put up a reading list of all the books you mention in either recommendations or some of the other ones you talk about? Because I always think I'd like to listen to them, but then I can't find them. And second, Meredith, where is it you're from? Is it Ventura or Oxnard? I'm not sure you've mentioned where you're from. Okay. Have a great day. First of all, Maddie, I'm so sorry you lost your mom. But yes, much better. She's not suffering from Alzheimer's. That is is so hard. I can't even imagine. Secondly, when someone says, hey, it's Maddie, I feel like it's very like your best buds. Because (laughs) when you have a friend named Matt, you're like, if you're super close, you're like, hey, Maddie. Right. At least I have lots of friends named Matt, and the ones that I super love, I call Maddie. Yeah. So that's super cute. And I think you're fucking with me, Matt. <laughs> you clearly, I have said a billion times where I'm from, <laughs> and I know, first of all, I'm like, ew, Oxnard, ew. <laughs> okay, so for listeners who we have- We just lost our Oxnard fan base. <laughs> no. You just decimated them. I'm kidding. I mean, I'm not. I don't, I've never been to Oxnard. I have no idea. It could be lovely. Mm-hmm. But- uh Everybody knows <laughs> that I'm from Malibu, California, because if you're from Malibu, you should tell people. Yeah. It's like if you went to Harvard, you should tell people. I don't know who would say that because it sounds kind of braggy. But, I mean, I'm just saying, if you had gone there, that's something you should say. Um, I'll try to make a list of all the books I've recommended. Yeah, I, like I, Obama I put, has his list. He has his music picks. Right. He has his favorite books. He has his favorite. Be like Obama. Be- <laughs> Well, on, on the on the Instagram updates, I put pictures of all the books and stuff that I recommend, but I'll try to go through the episodes and see what it is I've recommended so far. But yeah, all right. Because the truth is, you do have great recommendations. And also, every time someone says, you should watch this show, you should do that, I'm like, oh yeah, and then I never remember. Right, right. So yeah, we'll find a way to get Patton's yes. picks up. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Yeah, tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> We're going to do some recommendations. Patton, what you got? Well, I went and revisited a couple of movies I hadn't seen in a long time. And boy, oh boy, did they hold up to second viewings. The first one is called The Woman Chaser, uh, directed by Robinson DeVore. It stars Patrick Warburton. It was made in the early aughts. It is the closest thing I've ever seen, uh, the closest version of to Charles Williford's writing. Charles Williford was a great crime writer. Um, Two, three movies have been made from his book so far. One is called The Burnt Orange Heresy. It's not that good. Uh, Then uh, Cockfighter. Wait, the um, movie's not that good or the 
Or the book is not that good. The movie is not that good. The book's great. Okay. Um, And then there's a movie from the 70s called Cockfighter with uh, Warren Oates that is incredible. And then there's a movie from the early 90s with Alec Baldwin uh, called Miami Blues that is unbelievable. Um, But this uh, movie, uh, The Woman Chaser, is the closest to kind of capturing Willowford's kind of view of male uh, psychosis and... Um, fragility and Patrick Warburton stars and he is amazing uh, seek this movie out that's rare because usually movies about fragility and all that kind of like craziness <laughs> is about a woman usually this like, is about a man who is oh coming apart at the seams and ooh. Warburton should have gotten an Oscar for his role I want to see that he's so Oh, what's that called? It's called The Woman Chaser. Okay, I want to watch that. Yeah. Um, Charles Williford stuff is real. And they also tried to make a TV series out of the Hoke Mosley novels. That's the one the, um, that Miami Blues is based on. With uh, And uh, uh, they, did, uh, they shot a pilot with Paul Giamatti, and it did not go. And Paul Giamatti was born to play broken down cop, Florida cop, Hoke Mosley. And it didn't happen, and it still breaks my heart to this day. Uh, the other one that I looked at was um, another one, one of my favorite crime writers is a guy named Jim Thompson, who wrote uh, the books that got made into movies like The Grifters. Oh, that Population was a good one. That was a good one. Yes. Yeah. Well, the best adaptation so far is a French film from the late 70s called Siri Noir, directed by S-E-R-I-E. N-O-I-R-E. I know how to spell noir. Directed by Alain Camus and starring Patrick DeWare, who sadly died shortly thereafter. And oh boy, does it nail how uh, psychotic uh, Jim Thompson's view of crime and the criminal world was. They cut out a lot of the weird incestual stuff from the book uh, The Grifters when they made it into a movie. Um, They don't cut anything out of Siri Noir. Uh, which is based on his book, A Hell of a Woman. Seek these two movies out. You will really, really like them. Music, The Rivulets, uh, their album, I Remember Everything. There's a song called Ride On Molina, one of the most beautiful, haunting, gorgeous songs. Ride On, Al, uh, what's his name? Ride On Molina, what, what's, M-O-L-I-N-A. What's that guy's, what's that actor's name? Alfred Oh, Molina. Alfred Molina? I yeah. don't think it's about Alfred Molina. I wish so? it was, because I love him. I love him. Alfred Molina rules. Uh, books. This is, oh boy, this is such a specific recommendation, but go pick up Appendix N, Eldritch Roots of Dungeons and Dragons. This is edited by a guy named Peter uh, Bebergal, and what the title refers to is, in the original Dungeon Master's Guide, there's a thing called Appendix N, where the creator of Dungeons and Dragons lists all the writers who inspired Dungeons and Dragons, and so he collects all the short stories that he used to build the world of oh, D&D. Oh, that's and cool. Yeah, so you've got stuff like Jack Vance, Fritz Leiber, H.P. Lovecraft, Michael Moorcock. Oh, my God. All that stuff. Wait, he collects all their short stories? All the short stories that this guy, Gary Gygax, grew up reading that then right. helped him form Dungeons & Dragons. Wow. And it's pretty fascinating, uh, the roots of that game, where it came from. It's interesting. It's a very fun read. Uh, and then comics, a uh, great new uh, series called Primordial. Uh, by Jeff Lemire. He's the guy who created Sweet Tooth. <gasps> Sweet Tooth is good. We've uh, been watching that. Great show on Netflix. Great adaptation. Uh, this has art by uh, Andrea Sorrentio and uh, Dave Stewart. Primordial. It is about the um, first animals that were sent up into space. You remember Lake of the Dog and the monkey that NASA sent up that never came back? The monkey never came back. Well, they, they died up there. 
But oh, this why? comic book is about how, no, they didn't die up there. They were recruited by a... What? Other, we'll, we'll Another find civilization. Out. Another civilization. And, the and now stayed. they are coming back. Uh-oh. Much advanced. Yeah, and, you know, often it's like, you know, you get brainwashed by the people who kidnap you mm-hmm. and then maybe it's you know it's like a patty Hearst situation yeah. it is one of those the first issue i've only read the first issue because only the first issue is out it's so good it reminds me of brian k vaughn's first issue of a comic he did called paper girls which has one of the best final pages i've ever read for the opening of a comic series where alice like, is reading didn't alice read paper? I, I haven't given her paper girls yet i want to she has to wait a few years for oh that. oh maybe you gave it to me i gave it to you yeah it's so good. Um, and You gave it to me, but again, I need you to read me the comic books <laughs> and point to the picture for me. Somebody <laughs> please like donate to our Patreon to raise money to read comics to Meredith. Um, <laughs> those are my picks. Um, you guys have been a great audience today. Thank you so much for listening. And, and uh, email us if you want to say something and otherwise have a beautiful day. Talk to you later. See you next week. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.